Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee, Neshoba County Fair Edition. I'm Bart Gregory, and I am at the Neshoba County Fair, Charlie Winfield, back in Starville at our studios. Charlie, wish you were here, man. You're fa- are you a fair goer? This kind of like the the yeses and noes. There are no maybes. You know what I'm saying? I am a hard no. no who could, are you really? Yeah, I think I've been to the fair one time. I was 12. And, uh, you know, that's held me over ever since. Okay. All right. You know, growing up in Natawoya and then going to East Central, but it's almost like the first weekend, it's a weekend, it's almost like a family reunion slash school reunion. So I see just about every person that I knew when I was 18 to 22 years old. And so you come back, you see everybody. Now I'll come back to Startville, you know, later today. But, no, I've, I've always been a fair guy. My brother has a cabin here. Brent, he's the president of East Central Community College, college with you in mind. And so I've been uh, seeing a lot Are of folks. Are they bringing back that tagline? I would like you to know, see. You know, they were the college with you in mind, and then they weren't. Yeah. Well, they always say that to you. But are, are we still the college with you in mind down at East Central? Well, it'll always be the college with you in mind. Now, inside information, I don't know if they're going to be going to go back. Hey, Brent just walked out the door. Are you guys going back to the college with you in mind? Is that something you want to put out there? Brent says no comment. He says mm. that'll be a statement for a little bit later. And okay, so we can't offer any scoop this morning on the tagline for East Central. No tagline, and he says, hey, I'm not exactly sure. And he says, are you going to edit that out? And I was like, no, I'm not going to edit that out because I'm at the fair, and ver- therefore we do not have any kind of internet coverage whatsoever. And so we know we're going to tape this. The question is, is when we're going to be able to upload this. So that there's going to be like five steps to the key to the Sunday coffee today. Charlie, I will say this before we get started, just to kind of lay the groundwork for you about the fair. It has rained every day in Neshoba County, I think, for the last week, which means one thing. It is as humid right now in Neshoba County as it is, I would have to think, at the equator in the Amazon. And it is as muddy in the midway as one of those mud tracks where they have the big trucks and everything. But I tell you what, man, I love it. I I love coming down here and just seeing folks. I've I've run into so many different people, so many different Mississippi State people. I saw Brad Cumbus just a little bit ago. Brad uh, was walking by. I yelled at him. I had the equipment all set up for our show. And I was like, hey, come over here. And so I asked him a couple of questions. I'll play that in just a minute. As you can imagine, Brad Cumbus is. He was in his element at the fair, wearing his, <laughs> you know, wearing his Adidas shorts and his boots and his cowboy boots, and so yeah, that was <laughs> he definitely, definitely fit the mold. And so, hey, so he's the, a fair guy is what you're telling me. What I'm telling you is, is he fits every category when you think of the Neshoba County Fair. You think of Brad Cumbus. All right, Charlie. Here's the thing, man. Looking back at the week. And we had Sunday coffee last week. We tried to put a little bit of a bow on the baseball season. We've had some developments this week. We've had a lot of signees with our baseball. But we've also had SEC media days and, of course, the national news, of course, with the with Texas and Oklahoma, the stories of them reaching out and trying to garner the support of getting into the SEC. And whether you believe those reports or what reports you believe or whatnot, leaving the Big 12 – so I guess I guess we start there because that's the news of college sports right now, and of course the SEC. I have no idea, and you may know more than I do. Just off, you know, off the cuff, 
do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing for Mississippi State for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC? Oh, I guess I go back to a little bit of we'll see. You do get the sense that it's coming. I have no inside information. But I would say one thing, Bart, looking at all this, I think it is a mistake to view this as conference expansion. I think it is a mistake to view this as conference realignment. I think this is the beginning. I think it is the birth of an association. I think that's where we're headed. You go back, and Greg Sankey had some comments at the beginning of the SEC media days, and typically nothing comes out of those. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But it was kind of like, you know what? We're tired of the other half telling us how to live. We're about ready to start making some of our own decisions. And you start to look. And I don't know that this is the end of where things are headed. I don't know how things will shake out. But I do think we are on the verge of seeing some of the schools start to say enough is enough. We're tired of people telling us that we can't have a third paid assistant in baseball. We're tired of 11.7. We're tired of all these things. And so I think there's going to be some serious reshuffling. I would not relate this to when Texas A&M and Missouri came in the league. I would not relate this to when Arkansas and South Carolina came in the league. I think it's a much bigger deal. Now, the thing that I can't get over is how Texas would ever humble themselves to play by the same set of rules as the rest of the league. Because, look, I got news for them. If you think that the SEC is going to put up with the way you guys tried to flex your muscle in the Big 12, you're sorely mistaken. That, that just isn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those situations where it's going to be a 15-yard penalty for the horns down. I mean, we're going to paint it on the field before the game, before we play it. <laughs> and hashtag it. Now, hashtag it in the end zone. <laughs> so, looking back, and one of the reports I saw last night was coming out and saying the Big 12 had – you know, one of their proposals, and here's the thing about when you start looking at national media, some of the stuff is right, some of the stuff is wrong. And, hey, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that. National media most of the time gets it right, but these guys that are tweeting and saying, hey, my, the rumor is, the, well, the rumor is you don't have a clue. About the Big 12 saying, hey, we're going to give you a share and a half. We'll give Texas a share and a half. We'll give Oklahoma a share and a half. And I know the rest of the Big 12 is sitting there saying, hey, we need you guys to keep our league together. But at the end of the day, it's that imbalance that has really been the problem with the Big 12 since the start. When you start talking about the Longhorn Network and Sooner TV and you have those third-tier media rights that they allow the schools to get, which you don't have in the SEC. All media dollars are shuffled through the league office and dispersed at an equal amount, which – is one of the reasons the SEC has been so strong. But it just always seems like Texas and Oklahoma, to a lesser degree, have always kind of thought they were a little bit better than everybody else. And going back to your point of, now all of a sudden, if you come into this league, you're just one of 16, and that's all you are. Nothing more, nothing less, you are one of 16. Well, I, I think you're exactly right. I'll give you one other thing to consider the report out that you're looking at 2025 i view what texas and oklahoma done it's kind of like an employee who gives their two-week notice a lot of times you're going to say just go ahead and hit the road leave your keys (laughs) because once you're going it's in everybody's best interest typically that you get gone 
The whole idea of we're giving notice that we're not redoing our rights in 25 is really, that's got to be, in my mind, a bluff to try to get out of paying a buyout. I think both those schools would have to pay $75, 78000000 million, something like that, to leave the league. They don't want to pay that. They're going to bluff and see if everybody, kind of who blinks first. But I just can't imagine that we'll be sitting here four years from now when this happens. It obviously takes more than an afternoon of planning. Planning, by the way, that Texas A&M apparently will not be invited to. Uh, how about that, by the you way? Don't think, you, you don't think Ross just – I'm going over here to, to support my coaches, and he just happened to be in amongst a mass of media writers when the news broke. I mean, it was just the, – the coincidence there is just so striking. And if there's a guy I like to see squirm a little bit, I kind of smirk a little bit seeing it be Ross. Yeah. You know – Think about, you know, we tend to think of Texas and Texas A&M in this. Think about Oklahoma State right now. You talk about a team that's got to be scrambling. When A&M left, to some degree, Texas thought, you know what, the SEC's taking our little brother. But in Oklahoma, the undisputed big brother is leaving little brother Hank. And you've got an entire group of schools I think none struggling right now worse than Oklahoma State to figure out what does this mean for us? Because look at the Big 12. If you were going to say, what are the marquee programs in that league? Oklahoma football. Texas football by reputation, if not fact. Arguably Texas baseball. Kansas basketball. What else you got for me? What else does that league have to offer anybody right now? Well, and going along that point of – you know, when you start thinking about – and, Charlie, you said it a moment ago about how this is the beginning. And I was reading some articles over the last couple of days that were dated two and three years ago and how, you know, most people and most insiders in college sports have looked to really 2022, 2023 of saying, okay, that's going to be the next round. This is not a huge surprise that this is happening right now because, as you said a minute ago, the TV rights deals – are ending in 23-24. So if there is any kind of movement, that's when you'll see that movement. So a lot of people and people involved in athletics have seen that if, if there was going to be a change in conferences, it's going to come very quickly in 2022-2023, somewhere in there because of when the rights end. But then all of a sudden you start thinking about, okay, who goes where in the Power Five? Now, right now, the Power Five, we have autonomy, you start talking about cost of attendance. That's one of the things that was broken away a few years ago. Now, all of a sudden, you've got the NIL, which has cropped up as well. And so then you start thinking about, is this going to be a situation where you've had five power leagues and now it's going to be four power leagues? And who takes who from where? And is there someone who is going to be in a power five league now that's going to be relocated back to a greater five league? Is it someone from the greater five that's going to be elevated to the power five? There are just so many questions to be asked there. But you said about Kansas. You know, Kansas, basketball-wise, is that a move to the Big Ten? Is Iowa State, who's already in a state with Iowa, is Iowa State going to make a move possibly from the Big 12 to the Big Ten? Or does the Big 12 begin to bring in teams? And does Oklahoma State end up going to the Pac-12? There's just so many variables in there. And one of the variables is is who's going to be the conference that does the eating. That's the positive about where we are is thank goodness, thank goodness, we are in the, 
the biggest power conference in America, the one that wields the most power. Thank goodness that Mississippi State and Ole Miss were founding members of that power conference. We're not having people being plucked away from us. We're doing the plucking. And so at the end of the day, that's where you feel confident and that's where you feel good about where we are, especially in a political standpoint. Let me tell you, Dr. Mark Keenum wields a lot of power in college sports. Greg Sankey is probably the most powerful guy in college sports right now. And so that's the good thing is the relationships that we have. We can kind of sit back and watch it all unfold, and you're not Oklahoma State. Because let me tell you this, man, I don't know where they go. I don't know where they land and what they do. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens at an Oklahoma State, at a Texas Tech, at a Baylor. Does Houston come into that league? That's that's the good thing is the unknowns are not going to be tied into how we perform going forward. No, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I think has helped the SEC emerge stronger, we all know about TV deals. We all know about all the championships we won in football. We know the you know, the story of the league. But I think over the past year, the SEC showed an ability to operate in a crisis environment better than any other league. Our leadership in this conference didn't have the false starts that everybody else did. And no matter what people kind of on the edges on Twitter or message boards might think about how it was handled and who let who in, it's basically undisputed among reasonable people that the SEC navigated the COVID crisis by far and away better than any other league. We didn't have the national embarrassment that the Big Ten had. It was just handled well. And so not only do we seem to be the wealthiest, Not only do we seem to be the most successful in the field, we also seem to be the most competent in terms of leadership. So you understand why Texas and Oklahoma are willing to humble themselves a little bit to go from a league that they're dominating to realizing the reality of where it's been. And let me be clear. I said Texas is dominating. Texas dominates the news cycle, and they dominate it from a management standpoint. But, you know, Texas, and I'm not knocking them. Well, maybe I am. You know, the problem with Texas is they think they're still Texas. You know, they think they're what they used to be. But it's kind of like, to some degree, probably a more glaring example of what Michigan has become. You know, Michigan still lives off that reputation. But what have they really done? You know, but Texas is that on steroids. Now, the one thing I will say, if you are a fan who does not like obnoxious, arrogant, rival fan bases <laughs> just hang on because you're about to see a new standard set in that category back in 2012 when we had the cycle going on before with it being texas a&m and then i don't know who made the decision about missouri about coming into the league at that time it was all about cable tv it was all about the number of people and cable tv and what cities what markets you're getting the game is different now. I mean, cable cord cutting has been going on for years now. And so the game itself of who you allow into your conferences 
is a little bit different. And, and so, you know, if, if, say, you know, Texas comes into the league and all of a sudden the Longhorn Network is dissolved into the SEC Network and the SEC Network Plus, and same way with Sooner Sports, it's all, you know, ESPN3, SEC Network Plus like we do, and everything's distributed like it's been distributed. Now isn't it about – the biggest fan base now isn't it about the number of subscribers and subscriptions that you could sell isn't that the driving force now compared to overall television sets that the cable networks allow you to have isn't that the driving force now isn't it amazing how much the world changes in a decade it's kind of funny you can look back over a year and say nothing's changed in 2012 when A&M was coming in the league we weren't thinking about these things You know, the idea of sitting down and worrying about digital subscribers, I'm sure it was being talked about. It wasn't being considered at the level that we think of it today. You know, and and two, it's generational. It's not just, you know, it's not just my generation and your generation yet that are kind of switching. For us, we still watch the TV. Think about how little our kids do. Our kids live their entire lives now through digital subscriptions. You know, the idea of, Netflix was something I had. It's something that my kids base their viewing around. And so I think you're starting to see professional leagues and college leagues, too, start to understand that there's a whole lot more to this, just driving things through cell phones more than there are TV sets. And you start to look, that's two pretty pretty big uh, subscription bases right there. Yeah, especially down with ESPN. We're talking about ESPN because, I mean, ESPN holds the rights to the SEC. And, you know, what does a new deal look like? And, you know, a new deal was coming down the pipe, you know, pretty quick as far as they've just settled on the deal and new money is going to come in the next few years. But how do you, you know, restructure those deals now with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma? And they're already pushing so many people. One game a year is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. And so that's a big thing for ESPN right now, who has who has you know hemorrhaged some money, due to the cost cutting and the cord cutting, and so everything is digitally based. Okay, so let's look back at this past week, media days. To me, SEC media days are: do you want to stay away from controversy, or do you want to start controversy? And once again, you know, Ross going over to Birmingham was just so coincidental. But I thought Mike Leach handled it like a very veteran coach, just walking to the podium and saying, listen, I don't have an opening statement. What questions do you have for me? That showed out of the gate where we were and where Mike Leach is as far as media days of the SEC. Uh, We're going to tow this thing right down the yellow line and right in the middle, and we're not going to deviate. Well, it also showed where some of the questioners are in their concerns because just some inane questions about and I, I, no, I don't even mean look when you've got Mike Leach there's always the desire to ask you about you know marital advice or uh, fight battle royale between mascots or favorite movies I get that I, I don't even go to those but you know hey talk about how great Nick Saban is are you kidding me I mean it, the whole thing just media days I kind of think are an anachronism right now I just don't think they are what they used to be this I you know There were two things that in my mind used to kind of kick off football season. It was media days, and it was the big alumni event down at Jackson. And, you know, media days to me just – I've just kind of passed the whole thing at this point. (laughs) It's almost like there's an effort to make something out of it that isn't. 
and to to make it a scene that isn't, and it just kind of just doesn't move the needle for me anymore. And along those lines too, I mean, hey, we could have gone to media days. We could have sat there and asked the questions. And to be honest with you, Charlie, we we've been doing this for a long time and understand that you know that, that quality media is still needed. But there's a lot of guys, and this is not a knock at you know this is not a knock at, at fan sites or anything like that. But there's a lot of people who get to vote in the preseason polls who get to ask the questions. It's almost like there needs to be a, a pretty good vetting process by the league of who we get, to, who we allow to ask a question and who we don't because it's really turned into somewhat of a disgusting circus and, and more so for a lot of other schools than ours. And so that's, that's the thing there. Baseball-wise, draft is coming gone, and now all of a sudden you're beginning to see the guys sign – uh, Will Bednar signing a couple of days with a, a couple of days ago with the San Francisco Giants, right at slot value. What three and a half million dollars is what he'll get as far as his his signing bonus. You know, nothing has surprised us, and that's what we said when the draft came last week. Is this year with twenty rounds, pretty much who you see get drafted and what we saw get drafted. There's not going to be a lot of working play in there about who signs, who doesn't sign. I think Rowdy signed this past week with the Mets. So at the end of the day, the surprise nature was kind of taken away by the way everything shook out this year. I guess if there was any drama, it's Houston Harding going. You know, once he didn't get drafted, you kind of wondered if maybe, just maybe you get him back next year. But he got the free agent offer, which you knew might come. And and once he did, look, he doesn't have a choice. It still matters how old you are in baseball. You know, it's it's interesting. You see more and more pro baseball wanting guys who've been to college, but they want to get you when you're 21 too. They don't they don't want you at 24. And you know, Houston Harding, an older guy, he didn't have a choice. And as much as I hate to see him go, you know what? He and Preston Johnson for what they did in Game Two will always be in my Bulldog Hall of Fame. And you just wish him the best. I thought it was odd he goes to the Angels, who I think used every single draft pick they had on a pitcher. So they are not exactly a, a pitching poor farm system right now, but you take that chance and and you got to go when you can. So you hate to see him go. Um, be interesting. You think Preston Johnson becomes a starter next year? Yeah, he's a guy that you know that, that had the ability to go you know, more than two or three innings, and you, you kind of wonder that. Or is he better Everybody suited? Talks about Sims, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he probably Preston Johnson. Is he that safety blanket, you know, in the bullpen to be the middle relief guy? Is it Brandon Smith who you move, you know, to a starter role? He'll be, you know, two years removed from the Tommy John and and kind of getting a little bit more healthy. Is it Brandon? Is it Preston Johnson? That's kind of some question marks right there. And hey, you know, we we've seen this week where the transfer from Mercer with uh, with with Jaeger coming over, you're gonna you may see a you know a couple more more here and there. You know, I was uh, I, I talked a, a good bit with Butch Thompson this past week over at Auburn about you know the transfer portal, and and we kind of made the statement like we talked about last week about hey, that's a drug you can hit, but you got to be careful with it, especially with guys coming up through the pipeline in your high school programs. But it looks like on paper you've got some pretty good transfer so far for your state. Yeah, it does, and you know the Davis kid in center field has stolen a ton of bases and. You've got a guy with some speed, uh, battled some injuries last year, but you look to have some legit 
top end speed at the top of your order. You've got a legitimate middle infielder to plug in. So I have no idea where they're going, what they're thinking about. I would be very surprised if you heard the name of any further transfers that were position players. I would think anybody who comes from here would be a pitcher. You still got some really good arms on this pitching staff. You know, just because Bednar's gone, just because McLeod's gone, you still got some really good young arms. Now, they need to kind of round out into shape. They need to fix a few things this summer. But I think, and in the fall, but I think you've got a chance to have another top-end pitching staff again next year, even with the loss of the guys who are gone. Well, Charlie, one of the guys that we know who's probably going to be in the lineup in left field next year, one of the guys making plays for the outfield positions will be Brad Cumbest. And as I talked about a little bit ago, I had a chance to, to sit down with Brad. Just complete happenstance. I'm at the Neshoba County Fair right here on the front porch of the cabin kick back under a fan i'm on a swing right now it just i mean it doesn't i'm just laid back right now and brad was just walking through i was like hey come on up here with me and i had the radio equipment out and he says hey y'all doing your podcast today and i was like yeah i said hey jump on put the headset on and here's a brief conversation we didn't get into any detail we didn't get into anything other than just two guys just talking at the Sheba County Fair, and here's a brief conversation I had with Brad just a, mo- just a moment ago. And we're live on the front porch at the Neshoba County Fair. Bart Gregory joined now by left fielder, football player, Brad Cumbus from Hurley, Mississippi, joins us. Hey, Brad, is this your first trip to the fair? No, sir. Uh, this is actually my second time to be at the fair. I came uh, the last time during COVID, and then I was going to come last year, but COVID hit and then fouled everything up. So let me ask you this. Have you had a chance? I mean, are you fully indoctrinated as far as in a cabin? Do you have any kind of job that you have to do? Like my job, Brad, is to cook breakfast. Do you have any kind of job that you got to do at the cabin you're at? My job would be to stay inside till the sun went down and the AC all day. you got to understand you got to take a ton of naps. That's the whole thing about the fairs. You, you've got to pace yourself. You start the first nap's about 11 o'clock, then you take another nap at about 4, you get up at about 7, then you're ready to go for the rest of the night. So that, that's the whole key. So, All right, Brad, so looking back, man, it's hard to believe it's been almost a month now. Has it has it sunk in yet about winning a national championship? I mean, it's it, – and was there a time that, that it really hits you? Because I was you – know, this past week and going back and watched some of the games – and for a lot of us guys who have been around the program for a long time, it's it really I don't think it's really sunk in for a lot of us. But when did it sink in for you? It hasn't sunk in for me yet. I don't think it will till we step foot back on the field for opening night, back on the field in Duty Noble. Yeah, Brad, we, we talk all the time. Charlie and I talk about this a good bit about how tough it is now. And we start thinking about guys back in the – in the 80s and that, that played multiple sports and played football and baseball, whether it be at Mississippi State or, or other schools. And I think now as specialized as everything has gotten, the training, moving from football over to baseball, and what, what was your schedule like in the spring when you start talking about spring football practice and then all of a sudden it getting out to baseball? Was there a situation where you were going over to football here and there and working out with your guys and then coming to baseball? It seems to me like as specialized as the games have gotten now, how tough that could be. So what was your schedule like in the spring? It was uh, my true freshman year when Moorhead was still around. I had a tougher schedule then than I did when Leach was around because Leach really – he. 
as long as you just show up and play ball, he really don't care, and you practice hard. They finally made a deal with me to let me uh, just work out with a baseball team, and my plan was I had to make six spring practices, no matter the days, six of them. So it was kind of up to you as far as those six days. Exactly. Well, that'd be pretty cool. People on the outside try to figure out what kind of coach Chris Lamonis is, <laughs> and and how he is, you know, for for an everyday player. You know, is, <laughs> is is he the type of guy that's kind of laid back? And you know, it's you need a you need a leader, and that has the ability to keep everything at an even keel. Mm-hmm. How was how is Chris Lamonis the coach to play for? When it is a uh, when it's time to play ball, and get after it. It's a uh, it's business at that point, but once you're off the field, you go hang out and you go fishing. We it seems like we're laughing and giggling like little schoolgirls. Me and him, Tanner used to go fishing all the time back uh, when he made his first when we made the first Omaha run with him. Don't let him don't let him fool you. He, he's a clown now. I was talking to Jonathan Holder. It's been several years ago now, and when 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 they were here and. Yeah, the crowds are big, and then of course it's, we, we talk about our fans all the time about how great the fans are and how many fans are here at, at Mississippi State baseball games. But at the end of the day, Charlie and I have been around this for a long time, and you guys are still 18, 19, 20-year-old guys at, at the end of the day. And talking to Holder about during a regional coming out one time, and he says, hey, when that bullpen door opened, my knees buckled a little bit. You're not 25, 26 Played in you know played in the big leagues where you've kind of gotten used to it. All of a sudden, as a freshman, you come out, you've got fifteen thousand people there. How long does it take you to get acclimated to that? How long does it sit there and say, "Man, I wasn't used to that." Now all of a sudden, I can kind of feed off that crowd instead of letting that crowd get me a little bit nervous. How nervous do you get out on the field? I was I'm more nervous playing at Duty Noble than I am at TD Ameritrade. <laughs> And, and Charlie and I talked about this too, about how, you know, when you when you play at our ballpark, especially the Notre Dame series, when you've got so many people there, it's almost like you know a championship game in the NFL, an NFC championship game or AFC oh. in a home crowd. And all of a sudden you go to the the Super Bowl, and it's not as it's not as crazy. How big was it to get to the national championship round, and you look in the stands and you see ninety percent. Of you, did it? Was it a situation where it calmed you down more because you felt like it made me feel better? Yeah, it made me feel a lot better actually. It was uh, I was just I was just glad that our fans showed up like they did. That's all I could ever ask for. You know, football is so much about emotion. Football mm-hmm. is so much football and basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the same, pretty much the same guys out on the field, and you're playing with emotion. But baseball is also a game where it seems like the more emotion you have. And the harder you try, it's like golf. The more you, the more you try, the deeper the hole you can dig for yourself. How tough and the difference of playing football, where you're trying to play with emotion, and then get out on a baseball field where you're trying to work on execution. How tough is that to do? It's hard finding emotion in football. It's a, it's a real emotional sport. I really just get mad most of the time. Ninety percent of the time I'm out there, I just want to hit somebody. Baseball, it's a little different. You can't, you can't get amped up and go to the home plate and try to hit a ball 600 foot you just it just don't work out for you it just don't work out it just seems like you have a little bit more patience now to go the other way i've learned a lot a lot of patience playing two sports here well that's good man hey listen we appreciate you stopping by for sure when does it so are you here all week this week i'll be here all week all week have you run into hardy yet i seen him yesterday okay all right we uh i saw his dad and i know he's performing tuesday night down here and then yeah we've got a 
We've got a long week here at the fair. I got Brad Cumbus with me. We're on the front porch in the Shelby County Fair. Brad, we'll let you go. I know you've got a thousand people you need to see. Go do what you do. You need a glass of tea or anything? A uh, cup of coffee? No, I'm good. I'm good. I just cook breakfast, man. Is <laughs> I got some omelets in there. I got some bacon in there. I got some eggs. Whatever you biscuits. Whatever you need, just on the way out, just grab yards, gra- grab whatever you need. It's good to see, you. <laughs> good to see your parents too. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. Hey, proud of you, man. Proud for you. Thank you, man. Good to see you. Well, Charlie, Brad is not a guy of many words, and it was good to see him. And as we said early on, he is definitely in his element being here in Philadelphia. Yeah, you can see that. I uh, halfway expect you know guys like Brad Cumbus, Tanner Allen. Tanner wasn't busy playing pro ball or on his way to it. You'd kind of think those guys could just could spend a week or two down there and be perfectly happy. Yeah, and I talked to him a little bit about uh, in the off off radio about uh, about Tanner Allen and yeah, you know, he, he I think he said he talked to Tanner this morning and those guys are so close as far as that entire team. That's what's so fun about that entire team. And I think back to 2013 and we've said that about that you know, 12-13 era about how close those guys were and about the, you know, the 88-89. And all teams are close, but it just seemed like this year's team was a very, very close-knit bunch. And so it was good to good to talk to Brad. Hey, I tell you what, Charlie, next week, this this time next week, we'll be having to get in football mode, man. But it'll be the month of August. We'll be talking about football. I mean, camp's going to report. Man, local high schools will be going in about a week and a half. The one thing about going to the College World Series and going deep into the College World Series, man, it really cuts your summer. I always thought it, <laughs> it always thought like the beginning of a new year, like a beginning of a new school year has been like the Neshoba County Fair that last week of July. And then all of a sudden, this almost like the dawning of a new sports season is the Neshoba County Fair. And you kind of get, you know, they're going to have Mike Leach down here on Thursday. Uh, Will Hall is going to be down here. That I think Lane Kiffin may come on Thursday. Sid Salter is going to moderate and talk about football day here at the Neshoba County Fair. I tell you what, I will say this: this is the most Mississippi State stuff, flags, merchandise that I have ever seen down here, and it's been pretty cool to see. You know, just you know how you don't want to say the word revitalized this fan base has been. But it's been really cool to see just how engaged the Mississippi State fan base has been over the last few months. And, man, it has definitely carried a, carried over to here. Well, what was it, Jackie Sherrill? You say after a win you could go to work and proudly have that coffee cup out with Mississippi State on it. You know, we, we got a whole summer of this, uh, at least, of being uh, especially proud of Mississippi State baseball and kind of what they've done. And, you know, Bart, when I was in high school, I spent a summer helping build a house one time. And the guys that I did all my work for, they said, uh, you know, they would always take lunch late in the morning or late in the day. So they'd go to about one or two before they took lunch. And their idea was the longer you wait for lunch, you know, the shorter your work afternoon. That's kind of the uh, kind of what we've been through here with baseball. You know, it's August, effectively, and – it's amazing because it feels like we just got through playing baseball and there was nothing worse than that big, long summer of no sports. So, man, it's right here upon us. And I guess as much as uh, I hate to start turning the page, maybe kind of like Brad Cumbus got to start, start turning the page to football. Maybe you and I do too here pretty quick. Yep, sooner or later. Hey, I also saw our good friend that we uh, we talked to on our show last year, Michael Hardy, Hardy, the country music artist. 
Hardy is actually playing the fair Tuesday night, uh, coming back home. He's from the Shelby County. He's from here. Grew up coming to the fair. Saw his dad, Mike. Talked to Mike uh, a good bit the other day. And he's here on Tuesday night. I think he's flying to Delaware to do a show on Wednesday night. But he's going to be here Tuesday night. There's a lot <laughs> There's a lot of people coming into town and coming over for that show Tuesday night. He was in Omaha. I bet, I bet Hardy took no telling how many pictures with people in Omaha. And, of course, he is just ratcheting up his career right now in Nashville, songwriting, singing, everything. But I tell you what, he, he had his Mississippi State baseball jersey on. I saw uh, a couple pictures of folks had it but had with him last night. He was over on the opposite side of the fairgrounds and where we are right here. But, uh, anyway, we'll see Hardy on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Riley Green's going to be here. Riley, of course, from Jacksonville, Alabama native. And he'll be here on Friday night. I think Trace Atkins is here Wednesday night. I'm not sure here's who here's uh, – Who's here on Thursday? But anyway, so that'll do it for another week of Sunday Coffee. Next week we'll be back, and we'll start next week. We'll jump on, of course, uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. Everything on Sunday Coffee will be brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House. Got some other fine news for you about what we're going to do in the fall for me and Charlie coming up next week on the show. Uh, I'm Bart Gregory. I'm here at the Neshoba County Fair. Charlie's back at the studios in Startwell, so appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we get ready. The stretch run of the summer, getting ready for college football is right around the corner. Appreciate uh, Brad Compass joining us here, stopping by for just a few minutes. So appreciate you guys listening to Sunday Coffee, presented by Strange Brew Coffee House.